knowing truth but not being able to prove truth and they are the intentional uh, propaganda uh, pieces created by the hyper sigil heavy occult media that is tied into the shadow government it's tied into the secret bloodlines the occult um, illuminati that runs this country the american aristocracy the uh, priest class of the 20th and 21st centuries reality is much stranger than the presented image even though the presented image is very strange it's very um futuristic as a franchise it's very um wide widely dispersed as a phenomena uh, in the ufoology circles and the fringe and conspiracy theory circles the truth or community that the men in black exist but like black helicopters they are known only by their sightings and they are known only by the suspicions and the distrust and the paranoia of those that have encountered them and you know like they said the mimetic aftershock the psychic aftershock of encountering uh this organization members and agents of this organization which operate in obvious disciplined experienced calculated ways for clear agendas that remain unclear to everyone not directly infect, uh, affected by them their presence is very rarely documented but much uh, much feared and much uh, understood by members of the ufology community particularly those with experiences sightings um, documented evidence of uh, ufos alien craft unexplained phenomenon monsters uh, cryptids uh, you know, essential spiritual phenomenon, psychic phenomenon. Um, they are known to approach uh, recently experienced members uh, of this community, uh, recently experienced abductees, and they are quite interested in anyone who has physical evidence. This encounter is typically a cold. Um, very sinister and overtones type of an uh, interrogation slash uh, data recollection and uh, information suppression kind of a uh, dual purpose a repossession of evidence and material as well as a hypnotic um, creation of amnesia or a outright dis- uh, attempt at intimidation or um, as evidence points out a um, very powerful psychic um, bullying or, or intimidation or um, you know one of their synonyms you might have for it they are representatives of authority they are representatives of a greater uh, purpose than than any one of them individually uh you know, it is, is possible of a creating or is possible of possessing. So definitely these creatures, these beings, these human beings, which might be actually hybridized um, with reptilian DNA, 
to create a, a more powerful psychic presence. Or they may be clones uh, from greys and grey technology. But uh, that's regardless of the point because while they may be clones or they may be uh, reptilian hybrids, they still work for ultimately a organization which has existed before they they started implementing this uh, biomedical eugenics program in the higher echelons of military intelligence and higher echelons of uh, military uh, industrial complex uh, you know private military operations by craft uh, police state occupation things like that the occurrence of my labs um, featuring the greys and featuring them uh, is is more recent than the existence of the men in black the men in black seem to have existed throughout time throughout generations and typically they were focused more on the paranormal and the psychic phenomenon appearing like shamans to certain communities appearing like um, dark nobility or members of the catholic church jesuits but recently due to the I guess you call it the increase in UFO encounters and extraterrestrial visitations of the cultural shift from a supernatural worldview to a uh, extraterrestrial solar system based worldview uh, galactic type community that their activity is focused more on earth security of a greater security of national secrecy or of a greater um you know a greater global uh, agenda involving the suppression of knowledge involving ufos extraterrestrial craft extraterrestrial beings extraterrestrial contact abduction um intrusion invasion etc because they the earth's a very busy place the earth's a very busy harbor a port or an airport uh, a lot of visitors a lot of uh, daily routine traffic and a lot of unexpected um, illegal use of the airspace a lot of immigration a lot of smuggling of contraband narcotics a lot of uh, illegality but a lot of uh, roguish behavior I mean, you also got to provide security for the legally operating and legitimately operating space traffic uh, between, you know, existing alliance, uh, Ashtar High Command uh, Alliance vessels, Orion Draco, uh, permitted ships, uh, greys, extra-dimensional extra beings. And even though we have an extremely secure planet, not everything that we can plan for, that we can prepare for, uh, you know, our, our preparations are, are do not encompass the realms of possibility that the sheer vastness of the cosmos uh, presents and gifts us as uh, intelligent mortal beings on this prime real estate. There are many things, many species, many crafts, many vessels, which we have no ability to police and no ability to control uh, their actions of. We can only deal as a repercussion, as a uh, response effort and suppressing their existence, suppressing their uh, activities, suppressing their uh, energy, and express, uh, suppressing the public's, our public's, our citizenry's uh, knowledge of them, acquaintance with them, um, typically to keep us in a state of ignorance, keep us from entering into a tip, a uh, 
more uh, graduating into a more developed and intelligent uh, galactic community because you know it's, it's their design it's their master uh, plan to increase this knowledge uh, incrementally but to always maintain the superiority and always to maintain absolute need to know uh, conditions conditionality for the truth even Washington DC's airspace has been violated by several uh, alien invasions most of the mo- uh, most of the most secure airspace and uh, areas of uh, defended um, territory in America are located in the southwest located in the Mojave Desert located in the Pacific Northwest located um, in the prairie land of the Midwest the heartland and located in the southeast to be honest the major urban population centers of the east coast and northeast coast are the Atlantic seaboard are quite uh, vulnerable and quite exposed to uh, to you know illegal or, or unpermitted alien traffic whereas uh, the containment and uh, the containment facilities and defense facilities and the research facilities that are most secured are typically located in the least populated regions of the Americans, American uh, heartland and American Southwest. Thus, you have a you have a balanced you have a balanced um, uh, trade off with uh, this higher security, these higher security lower population areas being more likely to um, host paranormal phenomena, alien invasion, transdimensional creatures entering in and out of reality, uh, what have you, psychic awakenings, uh, poltergeists, telekinesis, but you are as equally likely to have um, these occurrences in the more heavily populated urban centers of America. But regardless you will and are guaranteed to have um, unpermitted traffic, uh, uh, illegal entry, illegal activities such as human poaching, such as cattle mutilation, such as uh, recombinant genetic experiments, um, what have you, even stealing raw materials or minerals or spying on our defensive abilities, uh, colonization efforts clandestine colonization efforts this this is all part of the massive secret war this is all part of the massive proxy war the real like i guess you would call it uh, defense measures of keeping our keeping our ignorance keeping the secrecy of the secret space program within the secret space program you know we're having um we're having a, a, a terrible time enjoying the privilege and the luxury of being a part, member of the galactic empire, uh, community with a, with our own galactic empire with at the same time not being aware of it or not having to disclose it or not having to share its uh, endeavors and its profits in an extremely lucrative uh, power uh, system with the masses or with the, the community at large. When occurrences like this do occur, when the leakage of paranormal phenomena does occur, uh, when the secret space program is exposed, even one sighting, even the briefest of encounters, even the uh, smallest of slips of security can produce urban legends that span generations, that can produce uh, cultural phenomenon, that, uh, that can 
developed franchises, movie franchises, book franchises, literature franchises. Uh, the culture itself is produced by these spillages, by these exposés, by these encounters. Um, the community which which we are gathered in now and in, in, in trading this information and um, and creating this disclosure movement is because the evidence for these uh, encounters does exist and that these exist these encounters are not extremely rare um, they're just extremely well covered up they're extremely well um, quarantined and their knowledge is, is denied quite effectively in the mainstream culture due to subtle hypnotic uh, suggestion due to uh, miseducation mismanagement of education such as uh, the emboldening and promoting and rewarding of thought that is in align with the with the propaganda and the agenda the state's agenda uh, this is some really out Aurelian type stuff all for national security, all for the security of the Earth Alliance, all for the security of Solar Warden, all for the security of the breakaway civilization, for the Ashtar High Command's motivations, and for um, you know our ability to appease and to satisfy our end of this allegiance deal, this our end of the uh, the uh, deal with the devil, basically, the deal with the many devils. Um, to attain this knowledge of the gods, to attain this, uh, you know, uh, great uh, cosmic uh, wisdom of advanced technology and the ability to travel and to spread ourselves, you know, further and further and further than has ever been dreamed about. The federal agencies that traditionally police the, you know, citizenry and promote and police the laws of the United States in junction with the military uh, intelligence communities and all the military branches uh, provide agents, they provide the personnel, and they provide the, the uh, funding, uh, channeling the money through their own organization into the, the men in black, um, who act as an interpol and uh, form very tight-knit communities. It's basically a life sentence. When you are in, you are in. Uh, like anything like that, uh, they have a very eclectic um, uh, culture, a society inside a society. They have their own um, uh, slang, their own uh, professional way of dress and appearance and standards that they hold themselves into. They have their own uh, heroes, their, their own um, uh, morality lessons. They provide themselves, they're very self-sustained. They provide everything for inside the organization for the organization. Um, they are much like Interpol in that fast, in that, in that way. They're very, um, uh, like I said, they're international stretching, uh, governing body or an investigative body that handles the earth the same way that you know, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services handles uh, the creatures of the earth, uh, the creatures of the wilderness, you know, game animals. Um, everything has a rule and regulation according to its, uh, you know, commercial value and for its impact on both the natural equilibrium of an environment and the uh, desires and uh, requirements, I guess you would call it, of the humans that interact with them or the intelligent species that interact with them. Um, 
they also have the immigration type uh, aspect to their nature where colonization of earth and the transfer trans uh, the, the travel I guess we call it the, the immigration the transporting of intelligent life is akin to human trafficking it's akin to you know immigration policies or exodus of refugees um, everything is is not as you know black and white or cut and dry as um, the government and these entities would like you to know the government organizations would like you to think about when it comes to immigration for their motives and their reasons and their um, and their um, you know legality but when you deal with treaties when you deal with organizations such as the Ashtar High Command such as the Earth Alliance their Solar Warden Program when you deal with uh, organizations such as uh, the Orion Draco you know, they, these, the, the tracking and uh, policing of one's own population is paramount to avoid poaching, to avoid um, uh, mask abduction, to avoid uh, genetic uh, tampering, to avoid uh, secret colonization. The Ashtar High Command provide a lot of intelligence, they provide a lot of... They provide a lot of the investigative powers, a lot of the technology to to investigate. Like imagine the computer systems, imagine the uh, technological tools necessary to keep this operation afloat and to perform their duties. They they basically handle the politics and the uh, administration side of, of of handling these matters. They have a lot of experience, obviously, providing security for their own um, intensely populated, um, you know, galactic empire, solar system-based empire, as well as uh, guarding the sun. Um, The Orion Draco, as well, have handled a lot of the training and providing of uh, security technologies, security-based technologies. Because both these organizations deal with criminals and both these organizations deal with political enemies, uh, terrorists, uh, rogue um, rogue elements that they are pursuing and which also find refuge on Earth as well as the various mercantile classes and the various organized crimes that arise there. Uh, even though these creatures may have difference, differences when it comes to ethics and morality, both have ethics and morality and there are criminals and uh, rogue uh, transgressors of the law in every culture but since both of these intelligent species have been ousted by the Earth Alliance and uh, control of the Earth the Earth Alliance is keeping the information suppressed that that is their prerogative and they don't want the the reptilians, the Orion Draco to pursue um, you know the hunting of their own uh, criminal uh, criminals and they don't want the Astro High Command to uh, come with theirs uh, police fleet with their um, military to to secure Earth you know and, and their own interests and these interests so that they take the, the credit for themselves they take the labor onto themselves uh, reptilians for example are not above um entering earth to track and to hunt down uh, rogue members of their own society uh, they're not above creating um, uh, ranches on earth to harvest people or to trade technology for people 
and thus they have a very uh, lucrative organized crime ring or cartel when it comes to human poaching, when it comes to the uh, abduction of human life. Uh, their society is closely knit to humans, humanity, so it's very common for them to have more knowledge about Earth than it is ever for anyone on Earth to have knowledge of them and their operations. Uh, there are interests in the ICC that have um, created, that, that have uh, contracted out men in black to pursue technologies, to pursue um, relics and artifacts, and to uh, perform mostly technology, technological audits and, and corporate investigations, corporate uh, intelligence gathering uh, for research into these things, research with these uh, contraband or alien technologies as well as alien materials such as natural resources, metals, uh, you know, uh, fitting to the international laws of trade, the intergalactic laws of their trade that they have monopolies on. Men in Black can do that as well, which is why they acquire a lot of the technology that is lost or, or crashes and, they, uh, and is recovered by citizenry. There's a lot of scientific research, a lot of uh, scientific motivations behind the Men in Black's uh, actions, behind their uh, pursuits. They have to keep a lot of uh, patents, a lot of national secrets, a lot of uh, weaponry that's being experimented on and, and being tested. They have to keep that secret. And it's an extension of the federal mindset that was best made an example of in the Manhattan Project that to develop uh, high-tech and advanced weaponry you created entire towns of hundreds of thousands of people and you managed the information and data flowing in and out of these communities uh, to an extremely strict degree. You were extremely intrusive into the daily and uh, social lives of the citizenry that you worked there, that was contracted there. And any anyone who violated or, or was in the suspicion of violating the secrecy of these technologies was uh, suppressed and um, dealt with as a criminal offender, you know, as, as deemed appropriate. Any of their possessions, everything was forfeit. The, uh, the person, the individual, was completely at the mercy of the state as an entity as long as they were involved with this weapons research as long as they were involved with this war effort as it was deemed appropriate by an illegal by uh, national security the same rule applies to every weapon that's been experimented and researched by the u.s military as well as those that are not uh, if it's deemed important to national security if it's deemed irrelevant to uh finding itself as a weapons of mass destruction then it is uh recovered and repossessed by the men in black upon its completion date. The effects of Nikola Tesla, for example, were um, recovered and, uh, and I guess you call it repoed by, um, you know, they were claimed by agents of the government and working, you know, de facto as the earliest incarnation of the men in black. These, these elements of the FBI and the NSA and, um, you know, at the time OSS, 
this has allowed the men in black to operate with high technology uh, technology which most people would be considered uh, science fiction as well as pursue interests that most people would um, most people are not aware of and never will be aware of they for example they have invisible uh, cars cars that can cloak using electronic uh, measures they have um, surveillance equipment that can pick up any audio signal uh, from speaking voice to you know a phone call uh, from hundreds of yards away uh, they can read electronic transmissions and read your thoughts they can uh, put thoughts in your head from you know sound uh, voice of God type technology um, they have amazing abilities to track and uh, and predict people's behaviors uh, and it's all based on this high-tech technology that's recovered you know constantly and it's all based on the permission and the regulations um, written and and invented basically for national security given the I guess you would call it the ever more increasing necessity for uh, national security national secrecy during uh, the wartime the great world wars the the, the ascendancy of the United States as a military uh, empire as, as itself a global empire Many of the people who worked on these earliest projects continued on working for them for the rest of their life, producing generationally uh, of a breakaway civilization within the breakaway civilization. Uh, everyone, you know, being an individual, everyone being a person, they were able to uh, create families. They were able to create lives and associate their their purpose and their destiny with the creation of the men in black so it's not always outside recruits drafted in to a system it's people born into a system specifically to fill functions and roles in a system to create a better system generationally its earliest incarnation this way was in ellis island it's it's a nation of immigrants and the immigration requirements and experiences that that we gathered that we earned as a nation as a people uh and through ellis island and the culture of this bureaucratic approach to screening and to um, controlling incoming populations of foreigners uh and, and appropriating them through their usefulness, through their ability, and through their assimilatability, you know, the, the ability to simulate inside a culture, uh, evolved through time to be the modeling apparatus of the Earth Alliance's security policy, of its immigration policy, of the, uh, the policy in policing and managing populations of foreign intelligence, foreign life, extraterrestrial life, hyperdimensional life, um, negotiating foreign diploma, diplomats, diplomacy, refugees, merchants, um, goods that are traded back and forth between uh, this world and off-world, um, uh, our ability to negotiate and, and trade um, our own citizenry, our own population, uh, developing uh, both the regulations for working off-world and returning to this, this world, uh, the regulations from the super soldier program, the human cloning program, human rights program, um, you know, how to reassimilate uh, those that did serve uh, appropriately without 
compromising the secret space program secrecy, uh, uh, compromising security clearance without uh, compromising national security. Uh, basically, it's a gigantic uh, Ellis Island that operates galactically, that operates on a cosmic scale. And this giant Ellis Island is, poli- is, is staffed, is, is manned by well, who we call the Men in Black. And their culture has developed to uh, represent that. This has been represented in me- uh, popular media, popular culture, as the classic um, personalityless, uh, bureaucratic federal government spook. Um, little, little more complicated than an FBI agent, but only by a little, because you deal with aliens that do not necessarily need to have humanoid shape or necessarily need to have a. Uh, an ability for you to understand them and this you have to expect the unexpected thus i believe individually the individual agents are much more intellectually uh, capable and much more um spiritually progressed than many give them credit for they're not as personality you know devoid of a uh, spark but they're actually quite capable and highly uh dedicated experienced personnel typically bred into top secret programs typically born from families that had signed that that deal to gain that status through projects of national security to contain what goes bump in the contain that who's not invited rather than have the opposite the the instead of rather than having the disclosure uh, be a complete tyranny a complete uh uh, clamp down, a lockdown of uh, your society through police efforts, through terror, and through uh, intimidation, that you created a mystical, m- mimetic, uh, hypnotic, uh, plausibly deniable, covertly operating organization of um, national security to deal with what is ultimately the most uh, sensitive issues, the most... Um, important issues in our country's history and that is our involvement with the earth alliance involvement with the secret space program involvement with the solar warden program and involvement with the blue sphere alliance and uh several other intelligent species and that's the men in black you gotta expect the unexpected this has been rumors of war 1987 iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend Please give me a like and subscribe if you haven't already. I deeply appreciate every like and subscription I get. If you need to leave a comment, leave one below. Uh, Thank you very much and God bless. This has been Rumors of War 1987. Incoming. 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 Prepare yourself for Rumors of War 1987. Greetings, all my viewers out there in dreamland. Hope you're having sweet dreams. This is Rumors of War 1987, here with another installment of the Know the Enemy series. This time, focusing on the neighbor of our Earth, our fellow Earthling, commonly known as Sasquatch. 
I know that this topic focuses on the secrets based program and this is related to the secrets based program in the way that the secrets based program is an umbrella term for our relationship within the cosmic and um, interplanetary number rank and file of species intelligent species intelligent life but sometimes you don't have to look as far as Venus or as far as Mars to find a truly equal fascinating and still highly classified above top secret intelligent life form that is benevolent but like all things has a spectrum of action and like all human beings is entitled with a spiritual capability as well as a physical capability that is perfectly suited to its destiny so let's begin to understand the Sasquatch and its relationship to human beings one has to understand the relationship of all intelligent life forms to the original life form that I believe created all the other life forms either directly or indirectly this great moment of seeding this great moment of creation Genesis was undertaken on earth I think simultaneously as it was undertaken in other um, bodies other heavenly bodies but while we were on earth uh, created and shared we were at a state of infancy we were at a state of discovery and everything was a step towards exploration I don't think there was ever a great moment or at least the moment isn't really written very clearly when we encountered them when we decided they were not our equal but I believe that at first our first relationship with them was as equals I believe our relationship as human beings with the Sasquatch of our our of our lands of our um, earth that we were equal to them on a spiritual level and on a social level and I believe they cohabitated our cities much in the same way that you see uh, stories with fantastic creatures cohabitating um, you know cohabitating lands and you see images of uh, the Astra High Command with its many races you know cohabitating uh, vessels and, and colonies I believe that at this time there were many uh, players in the in the game of life here on earth I believe there are many that were beginning to learn their abilities and beginning to manifest their greater purpose their greater destiny I don't believe that you could understand this phenomenon without understanding the nature of the beast and the nature of ourselves and understanding that the past is not inferior to the present and understanding the world the past was as accurate as our present is in um, depiction of acquiring images of understanding and in communicating and teaching and educating 
these experiences to other generations. Um, one has to really think that with our modern ways of understanding life and breaking it down to its rawest data and our approach to understanding it in context, that these attempts are the same that were demonstrated on cave paintings, on megalithic um, carvings, uh, in their oral traditions of myth and legend, and of the personal superstitions and culture, the legends of particular tribes and particular people. We can honestly say that they believed that this creature was real because it was real and not just a youth you believe a figment of imagination hard enough it becomes reality this was a this was a real part of the world this was a real neighbor to theirs just like other tribes were real neighbors to theirs and they dealt with them accordingly to their characteristics and their nature and their relationship and um their uh disposition so too was there a great time of forging the relationships between these two species. Back then, hostilities may have flared, and it may have been on equal footing for both sides, or it may have been the Sasquatch was hostile to us at first. Either way, there was an event called the Bigfoot Wars, and the people who made up the Native Americans, who made up the forest-dwelling Native Americans, were not weak they were very martial and they were very proud and they were very dignified and um, supernaturally inclined as well as well versed in war and well versed in strategy and well versed in battle they were an extremely they were extremely martial and I believe that the Bigfoot was as well and I believe that it's indicative of every intelligent species that we find that there is a tradition and a history with warfare and with that spurring development because that was a trait originally seeded into our genetics with our species' creation. Now, I believe the great event that happened that spurred this was the fact that it was a um, type of survival setting and that we inhabited a world with very powerful creatures. We were given intellect and we were given community. And with that, we forged what would ultimately lead us to the stars. We had forged what would ultimately lead us to become a vitally important link in the celestial chain in the cosmic wars survival was not guaranteed and nature itself was very powerful and it boasted of extreme megafauna that even till just a few hundred years ago if not just a merely a hundred when many of the jungles were still being discovered and explored and that there are still numbers of acres to be discovered and forests which are very uh, mysterious and dark and shadowed 
But even in our own backyard, relatively speaking, even in our own fringes of the society which we hold as America, as the technological pioneer, as the as this bastion of civilization in America, there are still monstrous creatures. There are still extremely powerful creatures. And one needs to become extremely powerful itself to um, contest their living space, to protect their lives, to uh, defend themselves and their loved ones. In fact, the semblance of society, the civilization that markers such as weaponry, such as clothing, such as um, the ability to uh, annotate and write down what is learned or what is, what is experienced, that evolved convergently within our species as did the survival methods and as did the cultural importance that we would label as savage, that we would label as primitive, that we would label as um, tribal, that we would label as un uneducated and barbarous. But at the same time, this is all one puzzle in the intelligent species' creation and intelligent species' uh, ultimate abilities and uh, potential as it reaches its own potential. And as you can tell, the people of this country, the people of this land, were given to great symbolism of their power and their status, given to great um, articulation of their um, of their strength and of their hardship of their hardiness the same can be said to exist across you know every tribe um, I know that there are many different nations of it Native Americans there are many different tribes there are many different uh, developmental standards and technological eras but I believe that ultimately the potential of the human being is expressed by their um, abilities to grasp and to understand concepts that we would consider universally like wise, that we would consider enlightened, that we would consider, um, you know, prosperity, uh, prosperous and uh, cultivating, let alone their physical appearance and their technological, um, you know, uh, cargo or their urbanization. I believe their development was just spurred onto a different different path. These Sasquatch sightings in North America, specifically North America, I'm not going to really delve into the rest of the world uh, because it's seen everywhere. It's seen literally in every country and in every continent. And it's been seen that way for generations. But as you can tell, the geographical dispersion of sightings is not rare and it's not isolated. It doesn't give itself to the credence of um, a creature that is struggling to maintain a population. It is a thriving population. It's a population that dominates a large amount of the North American continent. It's a, it's a population that is very satisfied in its, uh, you know, ability to traverse and to travel uh, the lands. And it's in a creature that exists co exists peacefully and coexists with the human species in the cultivation and in the the you know the, the enjoyment of the country of the enjoyment of its territory.
when you think about Sasquatch as an advanced uh, hominoid, if you think about Sasquatch as an advanced being, the, the main con- uh, point of contention is, well, it lives in the forest, well, it lives in the national park areas, are these wilderness areas, are these uncultivated, unurban areas, these rural areas. But just like human beings, there's a great comfort and inspiration that is uh, witnessed, that is that is felt in exposure to these areas. Just because it did not evolve to retreat to the urban, um, the urban sprawl, this because it did evolve to uh, create urban sprawl of its own just because it didn't evolve to shy away from the majesty of the wilderness to um, huddle in the electric glow of its devices and its electronic slaves doesn't mean that it isn't as human on this level it isn't as advanced as the human as a human as a homo sapien sapien um in this regard, that it can appreciate and draw inspiration from and uh, feel comforted from the wilderness, uh, from what we call the wilderness, or would call home, from this great bounty. And the species that can achieve wilderness, they achieve that peace, that ice, that independence peace, is not a disqualifier for its ability to organize or its ability to maintain discipline or its ability to achieve as a group or its ability to understand tradition or its ability to change between you know distance and through hardship and necessity and experience a sasquatch could easily have a warrior culture. It could easily have a tribal history of uh, warfare. There could be warlike Sasquatch. There could be military-minded Sasquatch, which are akin to the greatest military minds of the human race. There could be those that pursue that as a full-time occupation and obsess over it and obsess over the idea of national security. There could be those that are enlisted and merely serve because it's their duty. There could be those that view it as a mythologized um, uh, endeavor to to cooperate and to uh, to fight for a cause or for a national identity or for a species identity or for its own survival. The issue is is that the human beings which have done this. The human beings which continue to do this, the human beings which have originated from tribes and cultures that were warlike and celebrate their war history, are just as likely as the Sasquatch to also enjoy and then understand that times of peace and to settle on times of peace. Now, just because I believe the Sasquatch is a peaceful creature, and I believe that the Sasquatch overwhelmingly attempts to achieve peace, there is nothing suggesting that Sasquatches themselves haven't engaged in wars, haven't engaged in warfare between themselves, haven't already coalesced into a type of governance that, that unlike human beings, which seem to have amnesia about these matters and about these, these terrors and traumas and hardships, and it has backed away from them. You know, it has backed away from the need to constantly repeat the same mistakes generation after generation. 
that maybe after having served, maybe having after uh, exploited itself as a species to achieve these horrible ends, that it realized it had a mass conscience awakening and that it realized that this is not the true uh, you know, image of honor in its species to wear anonymous uniforms, to wear armor, and to fight with weaponry, but rather to live without armor and to live without weaponry and to enjoy its life and its existence freely. His comment, uh, this, this quote, Fools live in fear, a wise man lives in strength. That was made by a member of our species, the same species that developed nuclear bombs, weaponized nerve gas, developed stealth bombers that could travel across the oceans, weaponized satellites, joined the secret space programs around it to conquer the, the uh, off-world locations that it discovered, and then is preparing and engaging in interstellar warfare with other intelligent species. This man is a member of a nation and an ethnicity which has a thousands of years of military history. But what is most notable is that this man, too, also has a history culturally and especially of warfare, of violence, of, technolo of technology, of crafting both cities and armies to, to develop an empire. But ultimately, he has chosen, even in our modern context, to be free, to be with himself, and to be with his God and nature. This man is a representative of the species of the human race. And just like CIA operative assassins, just like billionaire tycoons, just like tech giants and just like people who work at the convenience store across the street. He is a human being. These people are human beings and are as equally able to represent our race and our species as anyone who has held position at the White House or anyone who's held position in a executive board of uh, directors at a Fortune 500 company, or anyone who's ever lived, anyone who's ever held a battle rifle, anyone who's ever driven a tank, anyone who's ever dropped bombs on fellow human beings, this man is as equal and able to represent humanity as brain surgeons, as as, you know, the, as garbage men, as people who made, um, invented the cell phone. Humanity itself it goes through a spectrum. It goes through a variety of individuals and individual expression. But ultimately, you see across ethnicities, across tribes, and across um, technological eras, a repeated hungering, a repeated acceptance and embracing of the ideals of peace, the ideals, the ideals of naturalism, the ideals of asceticism, the ideals of being barefoot, 
the ideals of walking with nature and accepting it as you're accepting your place in it, of feeling the dirt between your toes, of feeling the wind across your face. When many people argue that Sasquatch is an undeveloped creature, is a wild ape, is a is a monster, I think the same could be said about the human race. But I think a wise man would know that the human race is not best represented by our armor, by our technology, by our weaponry, by our conquests, or by the, the amount of territory that we hold within our empires. It's on a spiritual and a personal level. Sure, if you look at the raw data, mankind is undoubtedly the master of this world. But if you look at a personal individual level, mankind is a master of his own soul because we have valued and dedicated many of our lives and our lifetimes towards meditation and finding enlightenment tackling theosophic and philosophical issues and just because a human being decides to wear ash and face paint and give up all his worldly goods does not mean that same species cannot also develop te- uh, you know advanced technology and be disciplined and dedicated enough to pilot it and to form its own military structure and its own leadership structure, and its own logistics networks, and its own factories, and its own military-industrial complex. Because that helicopter pilot who represents all those things and his pursuits and dedication to that is also best represented by this man who has clearly not, who has embraced a different path, who has become alternative in his lifestyle compared to that uh, variation of it to that option of it but he's equally able to represent our species just as that military uh, warrant officer that, that helicopter pilot just the same way when you think of Sasquatch you have to think about Sasquatch's place on earth and how he chooses to live and how he chooses to present himself and encounter us versus his possibilities his adaptability his uh, versatility I believe that there have been Sasquatch uh, individuals represented in um, the Ashtar High Command I believe that there are Sasquatch individuals who are interstellar right now living off world I believe that they have already developed and come across the means to develop very high technology I believe that the correlation of UFOs, particularly that of orbs, and the appearance of Sasquatches is not uh, corollary or somehow meant to suggest that they are enslaved, but but that they are that diverse and that they are that uh, flexible in their nature, that they do have scientists, that they do have uh, technologists, they do have futurists. They do have the ability to manufacture and produce 
crafts of amazing technology and vessels and vehicles which are have a lot of capability but i believe that just through their personal decisions their personal uh proclivities they have eschewed the boisterous presentation of this warfare or war fighting element in their culture so that when we encounter them we don't encounter the the empire of warlike sasquatches of hostile brutal um beings we encounter gentle wise loners we consider them to be savages because what we know as civilization what civilization is what we know as society is so closely tied to technology is so closely tied to the military industrial complex is so closely tied to living in fear and constantly having to keep nature away i think that if you came to earth and you encountered people with this philosophy with people who lived in strength and not fear you might mistake them for being primitive you might mistake them for being incapable of uh, demonstrating such diversity of thought or such ability of engineering or such warlike uh, attitudes as explored by human history or as cherished by human history the proud tradition of killing and conquering in the name of our nation but in the 60s just like how scientists were coming up with radically inventive um theories and exploring the hard realities of the solar system that we lived in just as we were entering secret space programs just as we were communicating with the Ashar High Command just as we were communicating with the Greys and communicating with the Orion Draco many members of our that self same society the society of the United States of America were returning to the earth or returning to nature or returning to a philosophical center of independence and of self-direction and just like it the bigfoot were going barefoot into the woods were going barefoot back again to towards nature those people were just different than the people who launched arrows at the sasquatch but the sasquatches were different than the people the sasquatches that killed and consumed and cannibalized those self uh same natives i believe that both are present realities both are possibilities i just believe that like the native americans and like us as modern americans as all people of the world it's easier to to suggest that domination and destruction are the hallmarks of civilization and society and the power of an intellect of a creature the power of an intellect of a species is manifested in these um these 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 low frequency actions these materialistic ends but i believe that a lot of the communication that we've established between the two species is um always overlooked it's always ignored 
in favor of wanting to call it a monster, wanting to wanting to fear, wanting to demonize the unknown. And really, they are our neighbor, the same as these men and women were our neighbors, were our fathers, were our mothers, were our sons, were our daughters. It does not demonstrate a primitivism in a person to return to nature and eschew technology is to embrace asceticism does not negate the technological uh, progress and abilities of a species just because you wanted to carry your load on bare feet doesn't mean you know you're no longer a human being of the 20th century just because you wanted to live free and return to the wilderness does not mean you're an animal because you don't want to communicate with those that don't understand you doesn't mean you're a monster. And that's why I think we need to appreciate our neighbor, the Sasquatch. Because I believe that we in the Sasquatch will go hand in hand towards the future. We in the Sasquatch are on equal footing as far as any that look onto Earth. Can, you know that they're as far as they're considered, as far as the Asher High Command are considered, as far as the Orion Jack are considered, we are both Earthlings. They can't tell us apart. Only we tell ourselves apart because we discriminate against our brothers, the Sasquatch. This has been Rumors of War, 1987. Thanking you for taking this ride with me. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Thank you and God bless. Please like and subscribe if you haven't. I greatly appreciate it, and it greatly helps out my uh, channel. So thank you very much, and good night. Primavera para plantar la 
nueva empresa donde espera la firmeza de tu brazo libertario y aquí se queda
everybody out there in dreamland this is rumors of war 1987 thank you all for your viewership iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend please leave a like definitely subscribe if you haven't already and hit that bell for future notifications i make videos daily mostly semi-daily four or five a week at least and thank you and they're all about these interesting uh topics these very relevant and serious topics so if you're seeing this you're already part of the resistance you're already part of the great awakening you're already part of this new enlightenment and you are starting to wake up from the great dream that is this land this realm this earth so today we're going to be speaking about a thing i often think about and i do consider uh, myself very passionate about very learned and educated about and that is going to be about cryptozoology not the occult breakaway society uh, or anything related to the human endeavors but that of uh the realm of biological uh natural aberration anomaly and horror uh that of monsters and the sacred space program and how they relate to all of this uh these concepts of disclosure and clandestine activity and the, the greater world the unknown cosmos the hidden history etc etc um, but basically going to be associating on the topic of cryptids um you know uh evolution and um the wild the wild things things of the very far frontier things of no man's lands um the topic of monsters is oftentimes uh more centered around humanity and the issue of what humans think is uh you know abnormal are strange or freakish or mute like you know monstrous the closer it is to human and the more um translatable it is to it, the human existence the human existential crisis uh the miasma of the ego um the more horrifying it can be so we're not speaking about body horror or serial killers or anything like that uh, we are speaking about creatures uh, found in the world the uh, that may prey on human beings or be considered monstrous in otherwise fashion, such as their giant size, destructive power, uh, biological requirements, uh, learned behavior, etc., etc. But heretofore is... Uh, you know, kind of a spoiler, a disclaimer type thing. I'm not going to sensationalize this or give a numbered list or talk about specific cryptids and how they relate to humans, uh, how they relate to the activities of the Secret Space Program. Um, for, you know, I am actually a cryptozoologist. I, I do really hold the study in high regard, and I also deeply believe in the reality of these uh, creatures. But I want to speak about that notion, the concept of considering these creatures monstrous, the idea of what it even means to be monstrous or to understand the world as containing monsters and what that means to the Secret Space Program and its existence and its efforts at disclosure and its initiation. I'm going to try to uh, assert the expectations of the layman and not like highlight and celebrate the cryptids or their uh you know unique classification or give a rundown on their very um strange 
um, lexicons and definitions and encyclopedic uh, specifications, I am going to speak about what mankind, uh, nor am I going to speak about like, the, the ills of human nature or the villainies of mankind. I'm going to speak about these things as they are all interconnected pieces and you know, being that they are the truth, they are the world. And just because we don't know it, it's more proof, it's more evidence for us living in a very fractured, uh, marginal, uh, you know, like worldview. We don't have a true concept of the world. Other worlds, we don't have a concept of the world's truth. We have concepts of it. We have our limited definitions, but we don't understand the true intentions, the true scale, the true scope, the true complexities of these things. Um, This world that we know as the quote-unquote real world is only a percentage, a very, very small percentage, single-digit percentage of the true um, complexity and bounty, the true diversity of existence in vibrational beings, dimensional entities, um, intelligences, possibilities for uh, biological structure, cellular structure, etc., etc., as well as the many different implications of the spiritual essence of each biological organism and the idea of uh, behavioral extent, extent um, possibility, potential, um, etc., etc. I mean, we have a notion of progress, but really humanity is like a bee or an ant uh, creating the hive that it exists in over time and prosperity, given certain conditions and circumstances. Um, but just like you wouldn't look at an ant during a certain era or uh, point in time, uh, you know, a chronological timeline of the history of Earth and say that a ant in one era, one year, is more advanced or less advanced. Uh, you know, there are no such things as primitive ants or, uh, you know, hype or, you know, advanced ants. All ants have this equilibrium of forming a status quo, a gestalt form of uh, existence based on their subspecies and species niche. Same thing with humanity. No human being is capable of actions that are considered entirely or monstrous, entirely unexplainable, uh, mutant or uh, alien. Nothing human is alien to me in this regard, so I will like to leave out the issues of human um, freaks and mutations when they are too close to that human access, that, that definite sphere of humanity, um, regardless of, say, for example, uh, cold-bloodedness, uh, treason, psychopathy, uh, sadism, etc., etc., any human being, when they enter this world, is strictly def- defined by the sheer potentiality that is the, you know, multiverse. So it's really an issue of circumstance. Um, human beings that suffer or that show these th- scenes, signs of traits are no different than human beings that have mutilations or injuries or, or paraplegic or, you know, maimed 
or suffer uh, heinous deformities due to biological syndromes, etc., etc. These are the circumstances that shape and define the Demiurge's flesh matrix, this prison of carbon that we call our cellular uh, bodies, the vehicles, the vessels that, you know, the Merkaba of this 3D uh, existence passed down by designers and intelligent creators from much you know higher astral um perspectives and uh basically the slow down and uh condensed vibrational energies left over from their very ex- births their very existences thing on these matters of creation things do kind of work on the chaos theory model of um, you know, butterfly theory, butterfly flaps its wings, storm exists, uh, you know, godhood is for, godhead is formed on one, um, universal plane, uh, dinosaurs evolve on this world, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, I don't treat these creatures as monsters. I treat these creatures as a very unique, um, I guess you would call it, uh, they're not, um, covered up because evidence abounds of their existence. Cultural, uh, legend has made them famous and celebrities in their own part, but they're marginalized and disenfranchised from legitimacy because the legitimate society this is kind of like a a point in the matrix where you if you witness and see these monstrous aberrations these these monstrous creatures that are denied by mainstream society you are calling out mainstream society itself it's monstrous that they exist because mainstream society is what defines normalcy what defines reality consensual reality um it is not true reality it is not objective reality the reality of nature that's found in the philosophy of intelligent design and nature would absolutely mandate and make these things undeniably real these creatures of course exist all signs prove point to them existing all historical accounts uh you know are consistent throughout traditions uh they are seen by very legitimate beings uh people um organizations etc they are absolutely 100 percent just the obscure um hard to uh capture hard to uh, explain phenomena of the frontier and they are not like people think um universal they actually have very very highly defined niches uh very specific locations um they don't for example have wide-ranging territories like the sasquatch which is not also a monster the sasquatch for example is an other hominid it's an alternative hominid species that is just as intelligent as human beings but has chosen an alternate path to its its society and also equally participates in um the solar warden efforts and the efforts of atlantis rising and is incorporated both diplomatically and um you know, organizationally into the fold of representatives of humanity. It is considered just a subspecies of humanity, um, if you were. A, not a competitor, but a cousin of humanity. 
and um, creatures of this earth are just as uh, entitled to existence, just as uh, powerful and um, necessary in their ecosystems and in their specific niches as, you know, we are as a species to the greater scheme of things, uh, regardless of their absolute otherness, of their seemingly uh, alienness, of their um, difficult to uh, understand like their, 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 their initial um, instinctual inspiration of fear and revulsion um, typically they are extremely rare they are very shy and aware of their um, their uh, effect their emotional effect on people and on intelligent beings um, typically, they have been purposely forgotten about by local communities. They are typically very ancient, um, primordial, primeval throwaways, relics, um, survivors of eras where they were once the norm. And now, so that they have uh, been superseded by the current uh, iteration of the Earth, they are now considered monstrous or terrifying. Um, even though there were times when they were not only accepted but celebrated in their own right and cherished as creatures of fauna of you know the legend and lore of the ancient world, um, there's also a sense to sensationalize, to propagate, to you know take advantage of these creatures' existence and mankind's need to uh, dread and fear and uh, sensationalize these. Uh, lower instinct type emotions that it typically reserves for its own, you know, interactions, communities, etc. to, you know, create its ethics. But, you know, when when faced with the unknown, mankind fears the unknown, loves the unknown because the sphere response is, you know, extremely addicting. It is oftentimes... Um, it has to go so out of its own environment, so out of its native environment, the human species, to even encounter these things that it's sensational because of their grandness, of their, of their enormity, of their power, of their, um, of their size and scale. But in context, they exist in a very vast and hostile environment, the ocean, under immense uh, environmental circumstances such as extreme pressure or, um, you know, the, the, ga- the rules that they have, these creatures have evolved by that they need to exist are not human. And thus, it's, yes, it does border on the ideas and definitions of monstrous, and there's a lot of controversy associated on their existence currently because of people not wanting to accept these things as being monsters. Like, the idea that sea monsters do not exist because science does not allow for, for monsters, no matter how monstrous oceanic animals are. That's what I'm trying to say, is that when we start finding creatures the size of skyscrapers or jellyfish, you know, quarter of a mile in diameter on the ocean floor, um, we are going to uh, want to sensationalize them as monsters, but in reality, they are just deserving of scientific study and typically would not live in environments that human beings would normally encounter. Um, 
I would also like to suggest that these monsters, these monstrous creature, creatures, quote-unquote, like the Megalodon or the giant squid um, or the Kronosaur, they don't establish organizations. They don't have organized societies so that their predatory behavior or their threat to mankind is significantly, significantly less than, say, the average dictator. Um, you know, are the ideas that these frontier communities that they cohabitate with or coexist with uh, would ever give them a credit? Because, like I said, what if these creatures like Mokela McMembe or these African uh, sauropods or, or ty tyranids, tyranids, uh, tyrannosaurus or whatever you call these species, uh, you know, living dinosaurs in uh, the jungles of Africa uh, wouldn't be of more concern to the local population rather than a bloodthirsty warlord or a dictator or the oppression and cruelty that he, the West only celebrates because of its atrocity uh, does not prevent the atrocity but only kind of uh, observes um, so this is very much so that when the West is allowed to understand the secret space program it's going to sensationalize it's going to be like a giant game of telephone that you know the rumors and the rumors of war 1987 title is specifically because that people who have experienced these phenomena these great abnormalities these great shocking and traumatizing um occur incidences occurrences and exposures when they try to relate this information back to their communities they become mythologized they become mythologized they become a legend they become uh shaped by the imagination and they become mimetic uh astral entities that are not rooted in any truth not rooted in any reality so they're not true um creatures not truth but the monsters that are inspired by them become like uh you know able to shape and pioneer influence generations thousands and thousands of up to millions of people uh billions of people in fact have been gener have been uh shaped and inspired by the legends we have of monsters by the uh reality of these mythic forces that we know as monsters these creations of ours of our culture that embody that we love that we actually absolutely adore that we uh, cherish and cannot imagine existing as a society or an intelligent species without perpetuating generation by generation the existence of monsters, the existence of these fearsome mutations, these aberrations of the species. And most of the monsters that we create are just personifications of death, of mortality, of damage of our own uh, business with these matters, our own involvement with them. They're expressions of our negative karma to our fellow earthlings. And even though we have worshipped and cherished animals and the, the biological neighbors of this earth, we still hold dominion over them. And so we understand that they have a relationship with life and death just like we have a relationship with life and death and thus it becomes a point of great concern when animals are capable of delivering that death when they are capable of attacking us mauling us uh devouring us 
uh, endangering us, threatening us, imperiling us. Um, I believe that animals have had much more damage done to them by the, the attacks of humans, the assaults of humanity on nature. But still, no matter how uh, powerful and monstrous a real creature is that we are familiar with, that we cohabitate quite frequently with, um, it's never living up to its reputation. Uh, man-eating crocodiles can get 30 feet long, but generally mankind treats them like a uh, nuisance or a um, oddity, a curiosity. Uh, something that's extremely entertaining and uh, no, domesticable. Uh, we kind of uh, celebrate finding and retrieving the largest crocodiles from the wild and then making them, you know, as big as possible during their natural lifetimes. They are not a monstrous, all-devouring man-killer um, that would run rampage, you know, across civilizations. They're actually more like giant dogs. You know, that, that mankind is not constantly battling or fighting for its life, even with the most monstrous of predators, uh, tells you something that the idea of our fear, the root of our fear, when it's addressing all of our creations, is to personify the dangers, personify our mortality, personify our own uh, evils and ills, you know, that which makes this world toxic and to create these monsters, you know, out of, uh, to basically breathe our own life into these forms. Yes, these forms may exist, but they're never as dangerous as people would like to assume. Uh, same thing with the breakaway civilization, same way with the secret space program and its uh, interactions with other life forms, with other intelligent life forms. People assume that most of the creatures that we deal with are either humanoid or human appearing or outright monstrous. And it's very much an issue of a prejudice where, uh, and, you know, predictive programming, uh, hypnotic suggestion, MK Ultra, uh, basically just the conditioning, the psychological conditioning to associate inhuman non-humanoid alien forms uh, alternative forms of biology alternative forms of evolution alternative forms of intelligent life and to associate their actions and intentions as the absolute worst uh the absolute most monstrous uh extremes of behavior and to program and associate these creatures with uh you know the legends of old, the monsters of old, and so that mankind is always at a psychological disposition to destroy them, to engage them, to be hostile to them, to persecute them, and to exterminate them uh, without pain of conscience, without remorse, and without existential crisis on our part. Uh, monsters have always been used to frighten other human beings, to condition other human beings with fear. Uh, sea monsters, for example, as these organisms were being encountered by early travelers, explorers, and traders, uh, merchants, they were used to frighten and intimidate those without access to the ocean 
and to enlarge and, and to embellish their own, uh, you know, greatness and thus corner greater amounts of wealth. Um, due to these invented perils, due to these, uh, you know, invented perils that, if anything, would be associated with these behaviors, man or beast, uh, regardless of their appearance, it wouldn't be tolerable, it wouldn't be excusable. Creatures devouring people is not excusable regardless of their appearance or regardless of their origin or their species. If a raccoon did it, it would be considered a monstrous raccoon. If, you know, a Bigfoot a Sasquatch did it, it would be considered a monstrous Sasquatch. If a lake monster did it, it would be considered a monstrous lake monster. If a person did it, it would be considered a monstrous person. Um, these behaviors are found in nature, but they're extremely entirely explainable they are not monstrous they are not evil incarnate they're not this moby dick uh personification of god's wrath in the form of the ocean or nature they are simply patterns of behavior from creatures of scales and powers that are disruptive to organize you know society as it is Thus, their existence is covered up, their existence is kept classified, their existence is kept off the radar for the populace, and a populace that is already conditioned to be ignorant, to be uh, amnesiac, to be forgetful, to be uh, dismissive, and to be, um, you know, skeptical, when I, and I say that in the most negative uh, way possible, I, I absolutely hate modern skepticism because it's just denying it's just uh, absolute cult denial. Um, but basically, these creatures are not intentionally organized to be destructive wherever they are encountered. They are actually intentionally uh, rare and obscure, hiding from people, hiding from the encroachments and the advancements of human civilization. Uh, to be put in perspective, some of these creatures have intentionally... Um, existed in the same habitat you know for eons for millennia before humankind even existed before humankind even evolved and their behaviors might be shocking and abhorrent no matter how we discover them no matter how we uh cross their paths and whatever actions they engage in uh whatever their sociality and norms are these other intelligent beings these other ultra terrestrials these crypto terrestrials these creatures that we will meet and discover during this path of enlightenment that is the disclosure of the secret space program as they you know come to earth to visit to colonize to you know uh to live and as we our intelligence grows and as our understanding of the universe grows but these creatures should never ever be considered monstrous they should never ever be considered monstrous even if they are just uh survivors of or even if they're the most you know horrific beings this is it does more harm to mankind to treat them like this to consider ourselves vulnerable and naked running and wounded um it's a death by a thousand cuts we need to be uh more intrepid in that not given to the sensationalism of fear or the uh urge to be afraid the instinct to be afraid we need to give into the instinct to uh stare this fear in its face stare this fear in its eye 
and to uh, assess our true potential, our power uh, that comes from the astral, that comes from the higher dimensional down to the physical, um, not from the physical up to the astral. Once the world is seen as it truly is, this 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 higher dimensional way, this multi-dimensional way, um, the physical world, this natural world, our fellow earthlings, our fellow um, universals, you know, star children, star seeds, these intelligent species, these rare species, species these great and uh, intelligent species, are no longer going to be seen as. Uh, Demons or, or devils or monsters or, um, you know, horrors. We're not going to be moving into the future, this new world order, with fear. We're going to be moving in it with, uh, with you know, optimism because we are in control. We are the ones that um, are um, resurrecting the ancient world. And that's going to be the truth, uh, and this is why... Uh, mankind ultimately holds the keys to our own destiny because we hold the keys to our own fear. We are inventing our own monsters, and, uh, you know, it's by time we start being aware of this. You know, it's by start we start waking up. So this has been Rumors of War, 1987, Iron Sharpens Iron. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Please give a like and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, definitely click uh, your notification button. I'll have to keep uh, track of the daily videos, the upgrade, the updates. And um, thank you all very much for taking this ride with me. Uh, namaste and shalom. everybody out there in dreamland this is rumors of war 1987 thank you all for your viewership iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend namaste and shalom please hit the like button subscribe if you haven't already and definitely share this with anyone you might think might profit from it and definitely feel welcome to leave any kind of comment below they definitely help me out and uh support my channel with your uh interactions and interest so today we're going to be talking about a very serious matter and that is going to be uh something i've thought long and hard about uh, lately in the last decade or two and that is this uh this horrifying element of reality in the ssp that is this body horror known as zombies or zombism zombies and the secret space program and that's going to include biological weapons. It's going to include uh, the virus, uh, you know, pathology, uh, the transmission of, uh, of plagues and epidemics, as well as the uh, the involvement of aliens in this phenomenon. So basically, as I'm trying to communicate and reach to, through to you this very guarded secret, this very horrifyingly guarded secret, which has basically motivated every single organization and elite organization to uh, create the secret space program, to create these technologies in its very self is because all intelligent life has a threat of mortality. It is in an ecosystem. It is a natural life form and thus has to always kind of watch its back and be uh, prepared to deal with any threat to its survival, um, specifically the threat of parasitism, of the loss of its uh, or hijacking of its uh, physical body, of its spiritual, uh, with the, with the uh, you know, um, overcoming and devouring of a spiritual or intelligence um, 
this is what separates zombism, for example, from mental uh, zombism or mental uh, soul scalping techniques used in, say, for example, the uh, mainstream military and uh, big corporations to indoctrinate and to uh, transmit their ideology uh, onto others to uh, initiate them and to uh, differentiate them, separate them from their common um, heritage to make a new uh, mental uh, creature, a phenomenon known as uh, uh, a soldier or a sailor or an airman or a military officer versus that can enlisted these uh doc or say for example a doctor or for say for example a ceo versus a, a you know a waged and salary man um these realities mixed with procedural technique education uh technology uh it's like an iceberg we're only seeing the fraction of it we don't see the true scale and scope of it we don't see that which happens internationally we don't see that which happens uh covertly or intentionally uh classified we don't see the habits which happens in the occult or with uh, spiritual means or the astral means. We don't really get to see the full spectrum of scientific development, progress, motivation, interest, development, uh, implementation, experimentation, etc., etc., because our eyes are fixed to our daily uh, adherence to tradition, let alone... Um, you know, just a blind obsession with um, technological advancement that we forget the dangers that are present in the everyday life of a biological organism, as well as our place in the ecosystem, as well as our place within our own society. You know, it's very, it's precarious as well as vulnerable, and at the same time, um, you know, uh, isolating as well as individuating, and its need for a defense and special uh, preoccupation with its uh, with its own life, with its own survival. Um, we have breakaway civilizations in the corporate, industrial, and military facilities, as well as the political facilities, and we are quickly developing an Elysium-type society where the elite have bird uh, all knowledge and security. And they've developed this over the last centuries uh, regarding their secret brotherhoods and the fraternizations, this, this, the breakaway civilization, as well as uh, creating basically two sides of a fence, the herd and the shepherds. And they are using electromagnetic uh, means um, to, to basically control us, to, to treat us like cattle, as well as to uh, intimidate us and to um, keep us preoccupied as well as uh, completely ignorant of their uh, developments, of their machinations, of their uh, movements, and their progress being made in this uh, field that we know as the Secret Space Program. And how this relates to zombies is the same way that Umbrella Corporation um, used AI and it used uh, deep underground bunkers and it used um, the facilities of a, a super advanced pharmaceutical industrial com company with roots to the very elite of the European aristocracy um, to covertly create and manipulate an entire, uh, you know, Midwest rural American town uh, in Raccoon City and the uh, franchise uh, Resident Evil to basically begin the, the to, you know, to start turning the wheels to Armageddon, to start turning the wheels to uh, earthly collapse, to absolute uh, species apocalypse, rendering obsolete overnight the uh, traditions that had controlled all of humanity uh, for hundreds and hundreds of years, coming like a stalker of the night and completely... Uh, turning over the world as we know it into a state of chaos and a state of panic as well as a scramble for survival 
you know, fight for life and death. Same thing with the aliens, except for the fact that they have done this on a planetary scale. Um, just how uh, Rac uh, the Umbrella Corporation took over Raccoon City and developed it for a specific, uh, you know, clandestine means. Earth itself has been taken over and manipulated from the very beginning by uh, intelligent species such as the Greys, such as the Astro High Command. And they have been treating us as a biological reserve, as an experiment itself, uh, just like Umbrella Corporation treated the Raccoon City. And there are rogue and um, escaped, uh, feral, and uncontrolled um, experiments of their own making on this planet, wreaking havoc as biologically designed weapons, posing and being able to mimic and being able to uh, assimilate, as well as prey upon and... Um, you know, convert the natural ecosystem, the natural fauna that they arise in, that they, uh, you know, have a territorial uh, position in. And this is a threat to all intelligent species. This isn't a threat not only to humanity, but all ecosystems because it's so, um, such a complete conversion of the parasite, the great enemy that's uh, referenced as Leviathan and Dagon in the, uh, in the historical work of the battle data. Uh, found inside, you know, the secret space program and being held as one of the greatest threats to uh, organized society. A lot of the secret space program's uh, facilities, groundwork facilities and ground support facilities are built in the deep des uh, jungles of the Amazon and Indochina, which is, uh, you know, coincidentally enough, both territory for uh, reptilian Orion Draco um, occupation as well as insectile occupation and the plague. Uh, occupation, the uh, parasite occupation, so that a lot of tribal people, a lot of pe indigenous people, oftentimes uh, have direct interaction with not only extraterrestrial life, but advanced SSP um, membership organizations and personnel, as well as these rogue ultra-terrestrial uh, life forms leading into uh, a very chaotic, uh, hard to control hard to uh you know uh, mitigate the disaster the impact of but at the same time it's very far away from us domestically sometimes however these incidences with these ultra terrestrials and with the great parasite themselves can occur within the european eurasian zone or the western uh north american uh, and south american areas like more developed like argentina uh, chile Whereas the main world, this modern uh, first world uh, element, will be exposed to these uh, outbreaks, will be exposed to these life forms, these biological, uh, you know, weapons engineered by both elite human elements, scientific elements, industrial elements, and the ICC, uh, military elements such as the United States uh, military department of defense, scientific pursuits such as that, or uh, even extraterrestrial or even ultra-terrestrial uh, experimentations such as the insectile uh, biological experiments, grades, uh, experimenting with human life forms, um, as well as uh, extra uh, ultra-dimensional beings, um, uh, going, you know, forming these illicit experiments on both the human mind form and uh, its physical body. Now, there is a panacea, a basically a, a huge plethora of uh, intelligent species that we are currently interacting with. Some put it around the 20 number mark, some put it around the 30 number mark, the 40 number mark, and some people put it in the hundreds. 
these rogue elements and their activities on Earth are highly regulated and extremely policed as a matter of utmost security. And it's becoming uh, more and more apparent now that the elements that created these experiments created them very long ago before we were able to, you know, uh, adequately secure our own orbit, our own uh, celestial borders, so that these genetic codes, genetic markers that we are finding in our DNA as well as everything else's DNA, you know, on this planet seems to have an engineering mark, seems to be shown signs of uh, having latent um, abilities, latent, uh, you know, attributes that, that bloom or that are unlocked and during certain uh, circumstances, during certain events. Um, no longer is a seemingly random pattern, but there seem to be highly specific uh, elemental factors, environmental factors for the activa- activation of these genetic codes, which lead to mutations, which lead to the, uh, the phenomenon we know as zombies, as a zombification, uh, hyperaggression, lowered intelligence, lowered anxiety, no you know, immunity to fear, pain, etc., uh, desire only to devour and to uh, satiate hunger and to spread infection as well as the uh, you know um, the creation of standard operating procedure in most higher echelon security uh, systems and uh, you know federal governments for various nations uh, seemingly uh, allied to prevent the spread prevent the contamination, prevent the awareness of such issues, even though such issues are basically already common knowledge and becoming ever more increasingly present in our daily life. They are uh, successfully gaslighted and successfully uh, uh, disguised, like all the threats to life on Earth, uh, with uh, publicity, Uh, publicity being the uh, ironic, uh, counterintuitive cure for um, concern, alarm, and anxiety in a population, you show them it's the threat and predictably program them to accept it as a matter of fact. And so that phenomenon that should be, uh, you know, unacceptable and intolerable are becoming um, absolutely integrated in daily life to the masses, regardless of how shocking or how traumatizing or how um, absurd they may be and the legitimization of it comes from the top down so as it trickles down from the major sources of credibility and success it's also being fed to our children in the form of entertainment and the form of a de facto education so that as the issue becomes more and more widespread and less and less controllable the population is engineered to become more and more capable of handling this as a truth capable of responding to it in a disciplined and experienced manner in a defensive manner and being more and more used to itself in its own defense uh, not relying on elite cadres of military cartel and personnel to eliminate threats um, with rapid responses before issues become out of uh, you know completely out of hand and requiring extermination, 
but to be able to integrate, for example, transhumanistic solutions to allow major urban centers to be less uh, susceptible to transmission, to to provide educations on uh, infection uh, prevention, as well as um, basic defense training, uh, basic uh, readiness for um, emergencies. Thus, they're going to use the zombie uh, crisis. They're going to they're going to slowly integrate the idea of zombies, not only to uh, police and to further secure society, but also to uh, train society to better integrate it into the disclosure movement, treating the different biological hazards and offspring, the mutations of the great parasite and their uh, prevalence of dangers, you know, to provoke dangers, into creating um, a human being, an average human being that is able to accept intelligent life from various different species, the many dozens of different species, as well as the very vulnerable and fragile state uh, state of man uh, when it comes to threats from cosmic level uh, warfare uh, fighting species. Uh, That includes biological engineering of certain species, proliferations of viruses, of uh, bacteria, parasitic life forms, uh, the total war that is the scorched earth policy with terraforming entire planets or crippling ecosystems, uh, biomes, etc., etc., because even encountering the creature, the entity known as the parasite, one realizes that the potential for it to have been in itself a designed biological weapon urges the response that if it was ever deployed with organization, if it was ever deployed with purpose, that it would render any civilization completely... um, completely destroyed and barren, erased absolutely to just a small, uh, scattered amount of tribals, you know, fighting for survival. And it's not so much the physical damage that they cause, but the mental trauma, the absolute state of fear and terror that they instill in populations when encountering this this predatory, parasitic uh biologically, you know, mutating, um, you know, chaotic multi-cell colony life form, the absolute aggression that these creatures, uh, that this life form possesses, um, is far more horrifying than any, uh, anything ever shown in any one of these movies. A few of the horror zombie franchises that come close to showing the absolute desperation and terror that that's encountered when facing uh, major hives, major populations of these creatures, as well as the uh, uh, virulent infection of their uh, biotoxins and their and their uh, you know that their infection rate, but really it's something that the average citizen would find absolutely debilitating to experience and unable to survive. Um, entire societies would uh, flee their 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 path. They would flee. They'd become refugees on their own planet uh, or their own stronghold simply to escape the flood of mutated and um, you know converted life forms. Uh, weaponized life forms of their very planet itself, their very uh, environment itself, 
Um, this affects every species. Uh, plague and the parasite infect reptilians. They infect uh, gray life forms. They infect uh, Palladian Ashtar life forms. They, pl- they There's also, uh, for example, replicators who have very similar operating um, um, operations in their in their. There's, I guess you call for like a better word, species. They're artificial species, um, evolution and uh, domination of territory. But there is uh, even more bizarre because it's entirely mechanical. It's entirely uh, nano machines on a, on a nano molecular level, uh, mimicking environments, mimicking uh, biosystems, um, and basically mimicking them so well that they're indistinguishable uh, from pre-existing biological structures as well as any structures that would suit their purposes to better, uh, you know, exploit or uh, compete with other life forms on, uh, you know, their their chosen territory. You have many different variations. Uh, The chaos behind these things is not to be underestimated because all they need are the the building blocks of biological life to uh, create... You know, hordes, like armies of billion-strong colonies uh, requiring concerted efforts of the human species to battle them and requiring drastic measures, actions that would make humanity uh, obsolete because we would have to involve ourselves with AI or transhumanistic logic and uh, computational power to be able to accept the genocide we would have to perform on our own species um, as well as the complete uh, rewriting of our ethical and uh, uh, spiritual uh, you know, framework of our, of our perspective as well as our worldview that we are not absolutely safe from um, enemy tech when it comes to this biological uh, battlefield, that we are not completely immune from biological domination. Uh, virus, the biological domination from um, the weaponization of our own gene code against us and that maybe our own intelligence, maybe these things that we call uh, humanity is in fact a biological weapon is in fact a weaponized uh, gene uh, sequence from the very start uh, it gives you a lot to think about and that's why I think the subject of zombies eh, when it comes to the secret space program is extremely horrifying and it is definitely a reality and it's definitely an issue of soft disclosure uh, mass disclosure in media and mass uh, 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 proliferation of the medic truth that is zombies uh, that is zombism that is uh, zombification because they're trying to get humanity uh, you know, conditioned to battle them, to battle for its own survival, and to um, you know prepare, be prepared for a world where uh, we are fighting for our very lives, we're fighting for our very survival against the parasite, against these uh, contagions, uh, quarantining our very futures. Really, but this has been Rumors of War, 1987. Thank you for taking this trip with me. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Definitely like, subscribe, and share with anyone you might think might profit from it. Thank you all very much. Feel welcome to leave a comment below. Check out the description box. Hit up those links. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. God bless you all. Shalom and namaste. Greetings.
Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. This is Rumors of War 1987. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Namaste and shalom. Thank you all for your viewership and constant support. I thank you all very much. Uh, I'm living the dream by providing y'all with knowledge in my interpretations and meditations, as well as discovering much on my own and using this to learn. Um, even though I kind of come off as someone who might uh, be a know-it-all or anything, but I'm actually learning more every day, uh, more. I'm learning, like, you know, exponentially more about these subjects than I even previously knew. This is going to be about the Illuminati and the Secret Space Program and uh, my interpretation of it. I'm making it kind of a short, brief summary, because you've heard everything before. These elites, the people who make up the elites, the aristocracy of the secret brotherhoods, the ancient mystery religions and priesthoods, uh, you know, they come from the ancient priesthoods. They come from alchemic uh, families, like all things that's passed down generationally as a family trade, uh, you know, as well as the old guilds and craftsmen and uh, colleges and universities of magic, et cetera, et cetera, as well as the many pagan traditions. But that's needed to know. They basically are people like everyday human beings um they're not uh, reptilians in disguise or anything like that they're not any more hybrid than with alien dna than we are they're not a separate species of uh, crypto terrestrial or uh, hominid that is parasiting uh, our society or a special subspecies like a uh, queen ant or anything like that um they are uh, people who are heavily invested into the system, people who are heavily invested into the matrix of uh, delusion, illusion, and, uh, uh, you know, clandestine uh, operation, and they profit from our ignorance and our desperation and our poverty to a degree that allows them to manifest their authority in military industrial uh power and, and wealth and extreme uh, luxury, as well as uh, militarizing, weaponizing the, mo the mass populations that are at their disposal with simple promises of material comforts and rewards. Uh, they do not, for example, enslave someone with force. They enslave someone with, in with incentive, with the promise of a reward, with a promise of, uh, of honor and uh, celebration, as well as, uh, you know, to be a part of something larger because it's hardwired in us to want to be a part of something larger. They know psychology so well because they've been manipulating people for generations and centuries and millennia. And it doesn't take any extraterrestrial uh, knowledge or technology to play the psychology game. And they are using advanced technology and uh, medical science and psychology as well as virtual reality simulation, artificial intelligence, uh, quantum computation, astrological uh, you know, uh, expertise, you know, as well as extraterrestrial help, but, you know, they don't need that. They do use it to, to further their uh, exponentially increasing gains on the mass population, the, the vox populi, uh, but they are using that to better interpret the human, and the human will, the human spirit on astral levels, on uh, multidimensional levels, so that the earthly elites can uh, better direct the theater, the, the stage, the theatrics of this false reality and to keep the matrix a very convincing illusion. Um, 
I think it was Mark Twain that said that uh, a story has to make sense while real life doesn't have to make sense at all. <laughs> like, you know, reality doesn't have to make sense at all. And so there's no real uh, spiritual justification for how this manifests. There's no real explanation. Uh, but there is just a simple uh, cause and effect uh, naturalism of biology, uh, just like how... Uh, humans have a inner sex drive to include other species or include a higher astral uh, dimensional entities or negative dimensional entities uh, without question one has to just kind of excuse our social structure as that of the operations of the meat body of the 3d matrix body of our physical carbon form because what else are we besides a uh, simple herd animal uh, with the ability to have the spirit of the ancients or the spirit of the astral uh, giants and the demigods and the gods themselves because we still don't even know the universe that we live in we just don't know the earth that we live in on a you know 99% everyone is ignorant and blind to the realities of the situation blind to the realities of earth and is completely ignorant of their you know fellow earthlings spiritual uh, prowess or the importance of their own place in the niche environment or as well as the presence or involvement of their species history with extraterrestrials and extraterrestrial colonization efforts all the terrestrial colonization efforts ancient alien and Ever, et cetera, et cetera, cyclical so apocalypse. And they busy themselves mostly uh, arguing about controversies related to conspiratorial matters, including the validity of the term conspiracy theorist itself, as well as excusing and allowing its government to act without any limitations on ethics and immorality on their actions to uh, better control the population, to weaponize it, and to. Um, organize it in a militaristic uh, industrial sense and I think that this uh, death cultism, this death cult that we call modern society is completely ignorant to the fact that the world is ultimately still unchanged by our presence it's still very free and we uh, you know, turn a blind eye to this as we turn a blind eye to the overwhelming evidence of uh, you know, despicable behavior uh, you know, in, in hiding the truth and providing cover stories and uh, denying plausible deniability for everything from cross-dimensional interloping to, uh, you know, astral travel, remote viewing in the everyday society to the cosmic uh, truth of the solar system to our place in the you know, galactic alliance such as the Astro High Command or the presence of the Solar Warden or the secret government, etc., etc. The beginning of their lies uh, starts within themselves and this is how they're able to promote and accept the grander lies to be able to enslave uh, majorities of the population of the world because they themselves view enlightenment as a merited thing like something you have to be either born into or uh, demonstrate great suffering to achieve um, they don't really want to see it as a uh, mass awakening or great awakening available freely to those that seek it uh, in, in a type of uh, reward for just simply existing this the uh, 
permission of the gods to for personal salvation from the Stadium Matrix. And so in trying to keep this enlightenment, this nirvana to themselves, they can only uh, show us the shadow, show us the darkness of existence because they're trying to keep the light, they're trying to keep the enlightenment, the illumination to themselves, get it? And so this is why the Illuminati oftentimes takes complete possession and control over the most, uh, you know, glorified and bountiful occupations in this world, including that of, uh, you know, uh, entertainment production, politics, uh, industrial elites, uh, CEOs, etc., etc., because they want to keep the population at its most base and uh, frustrated levels of existence, its most... Um, difficult modes if you were because the spiritual and astral neighbors the earthling neighbors the crypto terrestrials the ultra terrestrials the extraterrestrials that occupy this uh, material plane have worked to deal with them through astral communication through astral uh, travel and presence and uh, you know inclusion with the astral high command inclusion with the greys inclusion with the orion draco if you want to talk about collusion i mean this is the collusion that's really um, evident is that they've colluded with astral powers that operate uh, you know just adjacent to us but just kind of out of our uh, sensory uh, range you know our their, the abilities that we have to decipher spectrums of energy into coherent uh, imagery to better define them. Uh, we operate, you know, sincerely as one geist, but as above is so below, they operate as another wavelength and another spectrum, and they operate even further still, but it's all kind of connected through the same basic uh, energy and material, basic, uh, you know, uh, vibrational frequencies of the light spectrum, for example, like photons, uh, UV rays, uh, X-rays, uh, microwaves, exactly. Um, but these uh, beings originated off-world, or originated, uh, you know, in a higher dimensional or a lower dimensional capacity and are basically coexisting with us as colonization efforts to reap the rewards of our life energy, of our orgo. And so they're selling us out, you know, entirely. At the same time, profiting entirely from our own, um, own suffering, our own uh, poverty, our own uh, troubles in dealing with these uh, parasitic, uh, para, you know, um, spiritual gangsters and uh, uh, tyrants and dictators. And this is how they are basically feeding us enlightenment is through these very corrupted um, means and avenues such as uh, turning spirituality into a kind of a pornographic display or turning ritual into like a, a method of prostitution instead of just achieving gnosis within the self and escaping the material realm through, you know, direct link with, uh, with heaven, with, with, you know, the alchemical principle of, uh, uh, you know, the Kybalion and everything like that, which is, you know, uh, available for people freely. It's, they can't hide it. They can't hide the truth. They can't hide uh, the avenues to enlightenment, to Gnosis. But they can make its, uh, you know, they can make its acquisition extremely ritualistic and extremely uh, gate, you know, guarded. This is why I call them the gatekeepers, because the whole process and point of this Illuminati society system inside our society, the shadow society, it's not a breakaway society, it's a shadow society, because it lives and dwells within our own 
um, spheres of existence and just uses our energies, uses our labor, uses our wealth, uses our capital, etc., etc., to further their own ends and further their own comfort, and thus they become, um, in a sense, just basically an invisible, uh, extreme, uh, extremely wealthy element of every society. Every town has these uh, elements of elites that have amazing power and sway over the population. And it's usually held in the exact same way, thus creating the unified sense of globalism, thus creating the unified sense of, like, say, a global elite or, uh, you know, very far-reaching uh, crime families or black nobility or, uh, you know, religious uh, secret brotherhoods. But really, it is because the human uh, mind, the human spirit, uh, thinks archetypically, and thus memetic information can be transferred, you know, very accurately between members. And, and so, when uh, one gains enough privilege in any community, they can purchase, you know, from the secret brotherhood the education. They can purchase this uh, lesson that they are taught that they can then possess and then take home and forge their own small communities just the way how Masonic lodges spread, just the way how um, all knowledge spreads and all true information spreads, including the virtuous ascended uh, uh, masters and their teachings. It's just memetic knowledge that they learned off-world, that they learned in higher dimensions and bringing it down. In fact, they're um, this is kind of where it, you know, it's kind of as above, so below. It's the inverse of what is good, that they have acquired this knowledge much like Prometheus, but instead of distributing it, uh, they have chosen to keep it for themselves. And in their view, they are justified because it staves off the uh, harshness and cruelty of that kind of Pandora's box being opened up and giving people access to the power of the gods or the knowledge of the gods. You know, they kind of view it as a burden, as a responsibility that they take no, uh, they, they have to then prepare their own material comfort and, uh, and, uh, statu uh, status because, uh, they are doing this, they are bearing this burden, they are taking this, uh, this very difficult responsibility from us and, and burying it on their shoulders, um, but, you know, I think that this is where the situation differs between this cycle of existence and this uh, 3D material realm uh, vibration from the others is that in the other realms that knowledge was distributed that knowledge was shared that knowledge was uh, was seeded out through the population thus they were all able to ascend even to one higher than they had existed previously and this relationship this is basically a stagnant uh, limbo situation where the information is there to acquire but the matrix has to be acquiesced to and the game has to be played the rules have to be followed you know the theoretical uh, questions on the exam have to be answered uh, you know to the best of your knowledge and this is where they kind of trap people in the reincarnated a loop of existence where life is lived in a state of ignorance and, and death occurs and through a timeline you know that we call consensual reality and that life has to be repeated again and again and again before uh, even the most basic essential lessons are learned due to material poverty to to the illusions that they have created that we believe in uh, erroneously 
and further separate us every day from the truth, the tree of truth, the tree of life, the tree of, uh, you know, reality. And the realities that we ourselves experience every day, but they deny uh, with plausible deniability, with scientific skepticism, with the major organizations that they have controlled and have used to leach our resources, leach our expertise material into just creating gaslighting systems of academia and uh, licensed professionals, degreed professionals, gray ponytails, etc. While they themselves know the truth, while they themselves explore these topics and keep the information that they find uh, very guarded and they can do this between, uh, you know, keeping animal species secret, uh, rewriting books of organic evolution, scientific discovery from medical sciences to uh, spiritual science and psychology, <coughs> creating um, uh, sociological uh, paradigms which would forecast uh, the future while keeping everyone else in states of darkness, thus becoming the lighthouse, thus becoming the only source of illumination, the only source of enlightenment. And those that do acquire it organically or in the wild or through their own powers and prowess are shut down or uh, forced into uh, programming, into deprogramming, into um, existential crisis into lives of extreme hardship in service of exploited by the Illuminati and uh, harassed continually uh, by their cronies and by their uh, professional stooges, their pitchmen, the salesmen of the matrix, the salesmen of the status quo, the salesmen of censorship, the uh, you know, and it can go very, it can get very serious from just online um, harassment and trolling to actual intelligence agencies with power over life and death, licenses to kill, abilities to tap into major electronic surveillance networks, uh, et cetera, et cetera, from many different uh, elements of both the state governments from the Western and Eastern Hemisphere and private organizations and, you know, private military companies, counterintelligence organizations, uh, rogue intelligence agencies. Organizations. And that's when the theory, though, that the truth, uh, no matter what it is, will always survive the best efforts of these companies. In fact, the very um, existence of this infrastructure of domination and uh, censorship exists mm -hmm. because the truth can never be captured, can never be uh, controlled. In fact, uh, the truth revels in the attempts to contain it to any one true definition because it will constantly defy that definition or make a game out of it. It will quite enjoy the destruction and uh, reduction of those that kind of stand in its way. And it's, uh, it's undoubted that the consistency of human civilization in regards to metaphysical principles and, you know, uh, spiritual practices, um, you know, the logos of what the universe truly is, is so unchanging that it must be because direct and constant intervention from higher astral beings or higher metaphysical densities, uh, dimensional realities into our own in a form of um, preventative maintenance in the form of technical maintenance because the 3D world is so out of our control is so um, left to our own devices of the carnal and to the base and to the reptilian mindset that we rather prefer the safety and sterility of having all information fed to us through uh, the controllers of our 
reality, the entertainment complex, and to the point that we idolize and sexualize everything they put in front of our heads, everything they put in front of our faces. So the Illuminati make sure they control what is fed to us, what we see, and thus they control who we are and what we'll be. And we have formed a relationship of domination and submission of bondage and discipline where we have become idolizing of those that want to make us martyrs, that want to make us uh, suffer for who we are, to suffer for our very existences. And they have tried to program us to take pleasure in that relationship, to take pleasure in the trial, to take pleasure in the crucible of uh, the censorship, this domination of our bodies, of our freedom, of our spirit, of our minds, of our identities. And they want us to bend our will as well as they can bend our physical being. They can bend our poverty. They can bend our wealth. They can bend our very existence, our destiny. But really, we are going to have a homecoming of spiritual powers, when, uh, like it or not, because it's uncontrollable that the human being is evolving to return to its true essence of being wild and being free and being, you know, one with nature and one with God, the way it was intended. Uh, thank you all very much for taking the ride with me. Uh, this has been Rumors of War 1987. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already. Share this with anyone you might think. Comments are encouraged. Please leave one below. Uh, read the description box. Check out the links. Uh, thank you all very much. Namaste and shalom. Goodbye. It is nothing My age, it means less And the country I come from Is called the Midwest I was taught and brought up there The laws to abide And that the land that I live in has got on its side. Are the history books tell it? They tell it so well. The cavalry's charged. The She was young with God on its side. The Spanish American war had its day. in their hands and God on their side Well the first world voice it came and it went 
accept it with pride for you don't count the dead when God's on your side and the second world Stop the next door. 